The Lazy Girl's Guide too. For girls who want to better their life, but then not have to do too much work. Welcome to the fourth ever episode of The Lazy Girl's Guide to. I'm your host, Carly Porch, and I hope you are enjoying the episodes and learning something along the way. Don't forget, if you are liking what you're hearing, make sure you hit the subscribe button because there are plenty more topics to come and to delve into. And today's topic is an interesting one. I am chatting to a girl called Tanya Hennessy. You probably already know her name with over a million followers on Facebook. She creates viral videos. She does TV. She does radio. And she can now add publish author to the list. And she is now going to join us on the Lazy Girl's Guide to, to lift the lid on what it really is like to publish a book and the process that comes along with that. This is ironic that I've invited you onto the Lazy Girls Guide too because I've known of you for quite some time through the Radio Grapevine and the one thing that you are known for is being a goer and a doer. Like, you get it done. I get it done, son. I work to live, not live to work. <laughs> but at the same Wait, time... Whatever the saying is, whatever the saying is, I work a lot. I don't know. But at the same time, you do represent the Lazy Girl. Like, I love about you is that you will cut a corner where you can. Mate, I'm wearing a maternity shirt right now. <laughs> I am lazy. I'm extremely lazy. I don't know why I and how I achieve so much because like if I had it my way, I would just be in bed 100% of the time. When I'm not working, I'm in bed or asleep. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast on the Lazy Girl's Guide to Writing a Book, because if you are a lazy girl, it is the perfect profession being an author. You can be covered in Dorito dust all day and in the comfort of your own lounge room. Yes, and then you have deadlines. Oh, and right. then, you know, it also has to be succinct and it has to, it's so hard. Oh, oh that's you're lazy, not what I want to hear. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, so let's Sorry. start from the beginning. So if there are people or girls listening to this and they genuinely are looking at this as a serious thing they want to put on their bucket list or even as a career. Where, yeah. How does it all come about? Like, how do you even go about getting a book deal? Well, I think it's like super different for every single individual. Like if you've got a manuscript, if you've got a book ready to go, you would submit it. Um, but if you have an idea and a profile, publishers love profiles because that means it's maybe an indication of sales for them. Yep. And people are scared to invest money it's just like it's just like a business. People don't want to invest money if there's no return. But if you've got someone with a profile, you know, like a Beck Judd, you know that you're going to get a return on your investment in sales. So, you know, you would probably get yourself put yourself forward for that. Um, but other times, uh, publishers come to you. In in my case, that's what happened to me, and I thought it was a joke. They were like, "Hey, well, have you ever considered writing a book?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, yes." I actually had two offers. I had two publishing offers. Um, and I was like, I know. And I have always wanted to write a book. I had an idea. So I was a combination of both. I had an idea and a bunch of writing ready to go. And I was offered it. So, like, I was very, very, very fortunate. Best believe. Like, when I see it in the shop, I still have, like, a minor heart attack. It just doesn't seem real. For, like, the average girl, now, knowing what you know about the industry, because you've worked really closely with your publisher, so you've got a lot of insider knowledge now. For kind of, yeah. like, the everyday girl, I think that's actually great advice, though, getting yourself an online following and profile, and if you've already got that, that's great. But if for, like, an everyday person, is it a, a long, hard You have slot? to have a really good concept. You've got to have a really good concept. Yeah. And a really original idea and, you know, they love Australian authors, but, you know, 
there's so many people that pitch, it's really tough to get a book off the ground. It really is. So, yeah, I think you should definitely put your writing out there for as many people to see before you start pitching a book. Because if you've got a, you know, an audience, like, okay, Rosie Waterland's a great example. She's a fabulous writer and she used to write for Mamma Mia. And, you know, for her to get a publishing deal, it made sense because she had an audience who wanted to read her writing and then she had a book who wanted to read her writing. So if you want to be a writer, get your voice out there first and then follow it up with a book. If you're considering it, get to news.com, get to The Age, get to The Daily Telegraph, write a column for whoever, like get it out there, blog, whatever. That's actually really great advice. You've got your book idea. Is it better to write the book first or write the pitch? I don't know, but you should be writing every day. I still write every day. I think I'm going to write a second book and I'm writing every single day because the skill of writing is really difficult. You want to keep it up. It's like anything. The more you write a bike, the better you get at it. So for me, I'm like, the more I write, the better I'm going to get at writing. So you should write every day. If you write a pitch and you're sitting at home every afternoon doing nothing, you should be writing that book. If you're not doing anything else, write it because you can self-publish. There's still, you can still, there's so many options. Like I know that um, Constance Hall self-published her book. Oh, wow. And, and that, that was, was wildly crazy successful. Best, yeah, she's self-published too now. <gasps> so when you self-publish, you get all the money yourself, obviously, but you have to pay for the outlay of the stuff. You don't have a publicist, so you have to hire a publicist you know there's there's different costs but you make more money wow i mean that sounds like a whole nother podcast to self-publish but it's good to know you have that option back to the the pitch so how does that work do you just email a publishing house or is it better to physically send it in or is it better to set up a meeting like in your opinion what do you think would be the most successful way to go about it i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know my first place to be would be to be writing consistently and to make sure whatever you're pitching or whatever you've got is good so you get the book deal which is very exciting you get caught up in the hype and then how soon towards getting the book deal to getting to work is it uh it depends because it could be like 12 months you know between like creation and publication it could be two years it depends on how long and and you can like be a part of that for me it was a year and a half from signing a contract to having it published and then I pushed it again (laughs) because I was like it's not ready it's not ready um but you know if 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 you're if you've got some amazing novel they 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 don't need that year and a half because it's written I know this is really rude to ask but how much money do you genuinely make in publishing a book because people think of the JK Rowling rags to riches story oh god imagine imagine if everyone knows JK Rowling money she's like some (laughs) crazy billionaire I'm obsessed with her do you follow her on Twitter she's so funny yeah she's hilarious Um, she's hilarious it's it's not a lot it depends like I said if you're self-published you obviously make more money because there's more money than you made but there's more outlay if you are published you will get an advance and then you get so you get um it in installments to make sure you keep writing so you get like an advance and then you get money when your book is halfway through (laughs) and then you get your book then you get it when it's uh, printed and then when you get another installment when it's published so it's like four installments of money those installments are they enough to change your life or is it just to keep going for me, I still needed to work a job. Like, I couldn't live off that, especially as a year and a half. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Like, that would have to be at least, like, $70,000. And, like, that would mean they would have to make at least, like, oh, gosh, um, $400,000, dollars $600,000 in sales. 
which they couldn't guarantee because I'm a first-time author. Is it making sense? I feel like it really really is because I think you're debunking a lot of, like for me personally, myths that are about the publishing industry. I just thought they say, we love this idea. You're going to be the next big thing. And then they give you a big fat check. Like that's what I thought. No, and you get it in installments. So it's like, I think that, I think I did those installments, right? But I could be wrong, but you get one up front and then you get one when you're like X amount of pages through. Yeah, I can't 100% guarantee. And then you get, um, what's it called? Uh, A check for royalties, I guess. So that's a percentage of book sales. And you get those twice a year. So you don't get them every month. You get them twice a year. Right. And so then I didn't know until literally the other week. Whoa. (laughs) I was like, why didn't anyone tell me this? (laughs) So I guess what I'm taking away from this is it's actually quite hard to make a full time living off writing a book. Yeah, the money comes from the touring. So, like, say, well, not for me because I just taught for free and it was a different experience for me. But I think a lot of authors go do big events and they, you know, um, charge money to hear them speak and. I don't know. I think that's where they make their money. And how does it work with the book percentages? Because I noticed, especially during your socials and things like that, you were really heavily promoting your book and, and putting it out there, which obviously for the publisher, that's great. But like you mentioned, you get a percentage of that. Yeah, but for me, I mean, yes, you do, but it's like, shit, it's 80 cents. Well, mine was about 80 cents per book is what I made. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. Um, so for me, the, the reason that I was trying to promote it was because I really liked it and I really worked hard on it and it's my story and my work and my craft and I really wanted people to read it. So for me, I was like, I don't even care about this 80 cents. I wrote a goddamn book. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> I really want people to read my writing that I've really, really worked on because not only the craft of writing, but also the process of publishing is a really long thing because it's, you know, someone's investing their money into you. So it's a collective process. It's not, you don't have the end say. Like, you don't really get to pick the cover. It's, a, you know, like, my cover was set and then gimmicks were like, oh, don't love it. <laughs> so we we redid it. Wow. When I redid it, they just picked a different picture. And I'm glad we did. I prefer this one. So gimmicks are right. <laughs> I want to go back to that writing process, though, because um, I, the thing I love about your book, though, is it's, it's actually really unique with its concept because you've gone through letters of the alphabet. So it's not, even though you write in depth about a lot of different topics, which is awesome, you don't necessarily have your stereotypical novel. Did you find that no. harder or easier? Well, I guess it's hard because you haven't written that stereotypical novel, but did you find that an easier process or did you feel like that deadline was always looming and a lot of pressure? Ugh, the deadline is terrifying, um, especially because I was working a full-time job in radio whilst doing it. Wow. Like I wrote, so the, the full year was in radio and then the six months was when I was out of radio. But those six months were not even writing. They were like the, the font, the this, the size, the look, the cover, the publicity. Um, like you do so much publicity. So like 12 months writing whilst um, being on air is really, really hard. But the reason that the book is the way it is was because I wanted to create a book that I would read. I'm time poor. I'm lazy. I barely have time to – I just I don't have an attention span. So I wanted to write a book that was, I felt, reflective of the audience that I was speaking to. Which is also this podcast. So it's absolutely amazing, which is even more reason why you should go and get Tanya's book, Am I Doing This Right?, if you love these little short bursts of different topics. And also one more thing that I that does intrigue me is you mentioned you had a full-time job while you were writing the book. How many hours a day were you dedicating it to? And what is the expectation for a finished book in terms of pages and words? 
for me, it was 50,000 words, but I wrote 53. Ooh, girl. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I pulled a bunch of names, you know, put a bunch in. Um, it's different for different people. I know that Osher's was 70,000, maybe 80,000. Rosie's was, I think, 80,000 as well. Um, just depends. So for me, I, I think the minimum was 50. And I... Um, <laughs> wanted to do bare minimum. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, yeah. I guess like I was writing every single day and here's my lazy girl. I wrote most of it on a phone, on the toilet and in an airport. Um, wow. And that's why the book is called Am I Doing This Right? Because I was always like, am I doing this right? Like, is it right to write a novel on a toilet on a phone and then I was like yeah because this is the way that's right for me and this is how I think creatively and this is how I access my creativity and and um you know I am doing it right and that was the decision that I came to and I feel like if anybody is thinking about writing a book don't debate the process just make great stuff and no matter how you make it it's right for you Oh, that's very inspiring. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thanks, girl. (laughs) I have found this, honestly, so refreshing. And actually, I think a lot of people listening to this, and probably if you have clicked on the listen button for this, you've probably already had that inkling to write a book or have an interest there. But the fact that you've paved your own way there, I just find that so inspiring. And the only thing that was a little uninspiring is the fact that I did have dreams of holding myself up in a cabin and... And just being a starving author, but I just feel like it's literally a starving author. Oh, you'll be starving. <laughs> you'll be starving. You just won't be in a beautiful place where your parents' house. Now, you mentioned <laughs> your second book. So after you write a first book, are you guaranteed a second book deal? Certainly not. Because it depends on sales. It depends on, like, if you did all the requirements and I went over and above everything I was meant to do because I really cared about my book. Which really also did very work. well. And I have just heard that be- everyone loves your book. Thank the Lord. I didn't sleep for six months. So I was like, you know, and that's the other thing that people don't tell you. And I spoke to a friend of mine, Matt Balasai, who is a, a writer. You'd actually know him from the internet. He's a very funny like, he used to work at BuzzFeed. He used to do wine about it. I don't know if you remember oh, that guy. Yes, yeah. He's a New Yorker. He drinks wine and whinges about things. Anyway, I met him at a, a conference in L.A., and we were talking about writing a book, and he was like, oh, yeah, the thing they don't tell you is you don't sleep for, like, six months before you release a book because it's, like, the worst, scariest thing ever. And I was like, oh, my God, relatable. <laughs> like, is that the anxiety that no one's going to like it, or is it the anxiety yeah. you're putting so much of your thoughts onto paper and then it's going into the world? Yeah, well, it's both. It's like, yeah. oh, gosh. I've revealed so much. I've not told these stories before. Reading a book and writing a book is so intimate. You're like, "Ah," but then also um, you're worried people are going to talk trash about your life story. And, you know, like it's it's permanent. Like it's so black and white. Mm. That book will always exist. Books very rarely get pulped. I'm so glad you wrote that book and I'm so glad you've joined me on this podcast. I feel like I you've really peeled back the curtain in a very real, honest way to what is, for me, the publishing world has always been shrouded in mystery. All I know about it is everything I watch on Younger. So I love Younger and, and the publicist and the publisher that I worked with were like both also obsessed with Younger and we were like watching it as I was on my tour and we were like living for it. And is it very reflective? Not like of, that. Oh, it's not. <laughs> 
Well, it, no, it is, except, like, they don't wear glamorous outfits and they're, like, tired <laughs> all the time and underpaid. And, so it's similar. It is similar. But, um, but, yeah, like, they get excited when they've got, like, a big person writing a book for them and, you know. But I will say this. If you get a good publisher, you're set. Like, my publisher was incredible. And she gave me so much confidence and she was always, like, right behind me and she was really proud of me and she believed in me and... That's really, really important. So if you are looking at writing a book, make sure you get a really good publisher because that, that's a good thing about not self-publishing. You get that relationship. They've got so much experience, da da da, da you know. Well, Tanya, I feel like, as I mentioned before, I know so much more about an industry that for me was always very mysterious. Thank you so much for peeling back the curtain. My pleasure. No, thanks for asking those questions. No one ever asks them, and I think they're really interesting. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you took the time and had the curiosity to ask. So my pleasure, girl. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you found that as informative and as insightful as I did. And coming up next week on The Lazy Girl's Guide to an episode you don't want to miss, I am going to be joined by Aziah McKimmy. She is a sexologist, and we're going to delve into The Lazy Girl's Guide to Good Sex. So make sure you've hit that subscribe button and feel free to share amongst your friends.